a business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host. Today, I have a guest here in just a moment. We love bringing you stories of successful students from our community who've built beautiful businesses using the strategies that we teach around here. Now, if you're new, the vast majority of the stories you're going to hear on our podcast with over 700 episodes, most of those episodes, I'd say about 80% of them, are interviews with students of the Proven Amazon course. I wanted to say that at the beginning because today's student wasn't so much necessarily a success story from that as much as he was a success story from a lot of the other concepts that he's gleaned being in one of the only, actually the only mastermind group that I've ever had. It's been several years ago, but he was one of the members. And so many of those members went on to build incredible businesses that his is especially noteworthy uh, because let me just give you a number. He's in, um, I asked him after we stopped recording, they're in 35,000 retail stores at this point. Imagine that, having your product in 35,000 retail stores. At one point, his product was a top 10 grocery item on Amazon in the United States for a year or two. They've sold a lot of product to a lot of people all over the world. And the business continues to grow. He actually did a bit of an exit where he's still the majority shareholder, but he's got a board running his business now. It went from him and a few friends to now about 100 employees helping run this large national brand that's pretty much everywhere in the US. It's in every Kroger, Walmart's, uh, I think Target's got them. They're getting into Costco now, I believe, at this point. So they're everywhere. Of course, I'm talking about my good friend for the past many years. He's been, what was it, 2011, I think we met. And he's been part of this community on and off and now getting plugged in even more than ever. His name's Mike Brown with Death Wish Coffee. That's the name of the product. And actually, I forgot to mention it on the interview today when I was talking with him, but one of my prized possessions is a pretty cool die-cast car that he gave me when they sponsored a NASCAR uh, several years ago. They, NASCAR sent him a couple die-cast cars. He sent one. Uh, in recognition of the contributions of this community to his success, he sent one of those cars to me, which is a pretty cool part of the story. You can see uh, if you go to pickmikebrown.com, P-I-C-K, pickmikebrown.com. It's just a one-page website that kind of tells a bit of his story in the background and how this community helped build his brand. And we talk a little bit about that today as well. So this is a really big success story. You know, on this podcast, you're going to hear everything from people who just got started. They're having their first five or $10,000 a month. We celebrate. We love seeing people get started. We understand the challenges. And understand me, if you're brand new, I'm not saying go launch a brand that's in 35,000 stores with us tomorrow. That's not where you start. <laughs> you start in the trenches. You start learning the basics. But as you build your relationships, you build the connections, you test new products, you meet new vendors, you get into new niche markets, opportunities start bubbling up because you're following the basic principles around here. These are the kinds of things that could happen. Is it a guarantee? Absolutely not. There's no guarantees in life or business or anything else, right? But the strategies that we teach work. And you'll hear straight from Mike's mouth today. Some of the greatest, if not the greatest contributions to his business have been things that he's learned from this community, the stuff we teach here that enabled him to go from a guy who was living in his mom's garage because he was broke and deep in debt with a bit of a dream that he was trying to make happen to a guy with a massive business that is continuing to explode and doing extremely well. And you can look him up on Amazon and see for yourself, Death Wish Coffee. I mean, go look at the product rank and all the... The uh, keep a data on that one, buddy. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's on fire. And that's just Amazon, which represents only, last time I told he told me, I think about 15%, maybe at tops, maybe 20% at the most of their business. Most of the business is traditional retail, which is true for most brands, which is why the opportunity on Amazon is continuing to explode for those of us who are small resellers and just getting into the game because that piece of the pie on Amazon and e-commerce continues to grow year after year after year. That's where you want to be. But this was a fun interview for me. It was a recap of some stories I'd, I'd heard from Mike, some things I hadn't heard before. And I think you're really going to enjoy it and be inspired, even if you know Mike's story and he's, you've been around a while. Maybe you've heard him talk before. I'm pretty sure he's only been on the podcast one other time. 
since 2016. And that was very early on. So this is a good update interview and uh, tell us how things are going now. And I think you're going to be encouraged and inspired just how expansive these opportunities really can be. And here's the tips again I want to give you, very specific takeaways as we jump into this interview. One is surround yourself with community. Mike did this organically. He jumped in, he built relationships, he had conversations. We all loved and supported him. and We helped his story become a premier story in e-commerce because of the community. And he he rewarded us by telling others about us and loving on us in ways uh, that have just been incredible. So community, relationships, friendships, positivity, if you're having a struggle, figure out some solutions. Don't be a source of negativity. Be a source of solutions. Mike did that. So community, mindset, commitment to the process, and the rest will just start to happen over time organically, as we've seen so many times. So enjoy this success story. Thanks for being a part of our community. Hope you enjoy this time uh, with Mike as much as I did. So Mr. Mike Brown of Death Wish Coffee, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio, man. Good to see you. I see you. You as well. Thank you for uh, having me here. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to see you again, my friend. Now, you and I touch base on a regular basis. I may have mentioned that in the introduction, but there's probably many listeners that have no idea who you are. Uh, and I know you do a lot of these kind of things, interviews and such, but man, give us the quick and dirty, man. Who's Mike Brown? What are you up to? And uh, we'll just tell him your story after that. Yeah, I love telling my story. Um, as we just talked about recently, I have been on this podcast before a long time ago. And you know, my life has changed significantly since then. Thanks in part to you. I feel like you were like my, you know, my first like beacon of like, follow this man and he's going to show you the way. And man, you did a great job with that. And everything that you teach is, is the truth, which is hard to find out there. Oh, that's about how I, that's how I found Jim Cochran and you know, the, the proven group back then. And, it's been very successful for me and you know, a quick rundown of what I done or, or, or the businesses that I built or the business that I built, I should say, it's called death wish coffee. And I started it back in 20, when did I start it? <laughs> I started back in 2011, 2010, 2011, 2011. Yeah. Cause that, that was the, yeah. the book of mine that you grabbed. It had just been published about then the, the only real book I've ever, I don't have a copy nearby, but the one-on-one marketing secrets, that's the book that you snagged about when you were starting. Yeah, to that was great. Yeah. I mean, and, and since then the, you know, um, science and machine, I, I, I looked over that earlier on today cause I haven't read, read through that one in a while. And I mean, that's still like, that's still gold. You know, it's still everything. I got to get you the new version, man. I've had the new version out for a couple months. I don't think you got it yet. What, it's not what in version print. are you on? It's just, e, it's, it's an e-version only electronic version, but I'll have to send it to you. It's been updated oh, nice. 11 times, man. So you're probably bumping around version five or six or something, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, um, I started a coffee company back in 20, 2010, 2011 called Death Wish Coffee. I started it because I felt like I needed to start it. I was running a coffee shop called Saratoga Coffee Traders, and I wasn't doing very well. It was a brick and mortar business. I wasn't selling anything online. I didn't know how to sell things online at that point. It was just, I was pretty much at the mercy of uh, the customers walking down the street and wandering into my shop. And, sure. and I, I did so many things wrong at trying to run this business. But the, one of the reasons I started to sell my coffee online or started to look for ways to make extra revenue was because I was going broke and. I was about to lose my house. I did lose my car. It was just <laughs> actually, it did end up losing my house as well. I ended up moving in with my mom, so I was I was pretty much as broke as you can get. I was probably at negative dollars, negative probably fifty to one hundred grand, which was scary, real scary back then. Yeah. Hey, how's your mom doing? By the way, I know we're recording a podcast, but she well, she was in a little car wreck here a few weeks back. She wrecked her car. Um, she didn't wreck it. No, she got hit. Um, luckily, she's she we brought her to the hospital but she's fine no but she has these subarus and this subaru like took it like a champ and she didn't hurt her at all she's pushing 80 now she's doing okay perfectly healthy her car was totaled but i got it i had a chance i got to buy her a new car so i've never bought uh, anyone a new car well except for myself but i got to buy her a new car so that felt it felt nice you know you know what uh help her out and she's helped me out so much over the years especially when i was broken at that coffee shop she actually paid my 
she actually loaned me money so I could pay my employees one week, which was, <laughs> it was, that's when I was, was really like at that point where I'm like, oh man, I need to figure this, I need to figure this out. And that's when I started reading as many books as I could find. And thank God I found yours. Um, it helped me start making money almost immediately, which, which is unbelievable thinking back. But yeah, um, then I, I created a brand called Death Wish Coffee. It was a, I created a strong coffee and this was all based on what my customers were asking for in the coffee shop. And I just, and at the time, this is, like I said, back in 2011, 2010, 2011, I Googled what's the world's strongest coffee. And there, there was no good Google hits at the time. There's nothing. So I was like, oh, this, my customers are asking for it and it doesn't exist. What's, I know, and I know how to make strong coffee and I learning how to market it and brand it. So uh, that's what I did. And it, it started doing well. I wouldn't say immediately, but it did start doing well. It did start making money immediately, but it, I think it started doing well over time. Whereas the coffee shop was either, the revenue at the coffee shop was either going level or down. The online coffee sales with Deathwish Coffee, every week or every month, it started, it was like snowballing, you know, it'd be like, hundred dollars this month, next month, two hundred dollars, the next month, four hundred dollars. So it was like exponentially growing. I was like, oh wow, this is like this really has some some legs. And, so, and you were just filling those orders from the coffee shop, right? Like in the back or whatever, just filling the bags as the orders came in in the early days. Yeah, right from the yeah, we had a basement. <laughs> we were filling, we were filling, I was I was filling the bags in the basement, and I was using uh, i didn't have a roaster at the time so i was using the local area roasters to, to roast the coffee yeah that's great i love that yeah i remember i remember at the point where you were making that big leap to get your first roaster and kind of thinking it through with a group of us and uh just kind of yeah. talking through the numbers wow obviously the right decision yeah. in hindsight at this point but yeah those big decisions it was it was and then from there i feel like I just started, I started doing everything that you had in almost everything you had in that, that book. One of the things was just reaching out to news reporters or bloggers and asking them to, you know, try the coffee, review it. And then good morning America called one day and wanted us on their show. And all of a sudden, like all this media and PR started to have, like started happening where well, we didn't have like a peer. It was just this first small team at the time. It was just me and Megan, um, a, a woman who worked for a woman who worked for me. She used to be my barista. She didn't want to be a barista anymore. And all of a sudden, her and I are fulfilling all the orders from that happened after Good Morning America. So we had to like bring in people from the coffee shop, our, our loyal customers, to come in and help me. And a lot of them, not a lot of them, a couple of them still work for me today. That's so <laughs> but, great. So the people who are sitting in your shop, like showing up on a regular basis, you're like, hey our business is exploding. Come in the back. I'll pay you. We need help. Like, there you go. And yeah. they're still with you today. I uh, you know at 10, 10 plus years later. <laughs> That's yeah, so great. I hey, love Eric. It. We used to work at the record store next door. He's like, you seem to have a lot more going on over here than, than I have going at the record store. He's like, I'll help you out if you want. I'm like, yeah, come back. <laughs> like, come back every day. Awesome. I had no idea that's where he came from. That's a great part of your story. Just kind of grab the people who are nearby and like, hey, Put on an apron, buddy. You're hired. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> wow. What, well, anyways, how, yeah, many, so eventually, how many employees you know, now? Just to give some perspective, what, what's the total headcount at Deathwish now? This is embarrassing, Jim. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Right. I mean, because you've got a team helping run it, but approximately. Approximately 85, 90. Yeah. All right. I was thinking coming up on 100 was the last number I heard yeah. a couple months ago. We talked about it, but... Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I love it. Yeah, so I mean, it's I mean, we have two offices now: one in Saratoga Springs, um, where we started. We have one in New York City now. Uh, our sales and marketing is in New York, so I don't get to meet a lot of them. And I feel like hires are happening nonstop now. So it's a little, it's a little, it's exciting, but it's a little bit beyond me now. You know what I mean? It's beyond my area of expertise. Like I'm a good founder and entrepreneur and starter. I don't know if I'm a good like big brand operator <laughs> yeah sure well i mean you you came up from e-commerce you did it in reverse order which is the way i think the world's going to start working more and more we're seeing more of these kinds of stories but you're one of the greatest stories like this to emerge from our community for sure where you started online well you i mean you had your little storefront you know and that was doing okay kind of flat 
but you didn't launch this mega brand and then say, oh, well, you know what? We should stop ignoring Amazon. We should stop ignoring internet. We should probably do something there too. That's the way most brand, big brands operate is they kind of tack on e-commerce as a side thing that they have to do out of necessity. You started off e-commerce. You went big. And then you got yeah. the traditional retail's attention and you spread that way. And, and that it, it, traditional retail is significantly bigger at this point, but you started with e-commerce. Uh, which I love that part of your story. Yeah, we started with e-commerce and, and Amazon, especially, you know, at that early on, you know, we were the number one selling coffee for like, must've been, must've been like six years in a row a few before years. all the big yeah. brands got on. Yeah, it was, um, well, you were a top grocery item there, if I remember correct, like a top 10 grocery item, weren't you one for a year, year or two there? Somewhere yeah, there? For, for at least one year, possibly two. But yeah, we were, especially during the holiday seasons, our, our, our brand was it just really, you know, because it was a little, little different. It was like, you know, I had a, a good X factor, you know, the world's strongest coffee had some, it was a good Christmas gift. Yeah. It's a unique <laughs> and it's kind of, product and bag people and go look it up. You know, it's, it's a, it means very simple marketing, but very powerful at the same time. It's, yeah. It kind of jumps out at you. Like even when you look at the coffees in the stores now, I always see it. I'm like, Hey Mike, God bless you, man. I love seeing those bags <laughs> in the stores, man. They're everywhere. And it jumps out at you. Like there's you, all the other bags are colorful and warm and inviting. And here's this like pirates flag death cross, you know, a uh, skull <laughs> with a black, pure black bag. And that's how it's been from day one, right? I mean, you guys haven't really changed much about the branding. I haven't changed it too much. We've had a little bit of more color to the brand or yeah, to the bags as we develop new blends. We wanted, we, one of our goals, the, the way, grocery is so much different than e-com like e-com i could sell i could just sell that black bag with one like that one world's strongest coffee dark roast i could have sold that forever just that without having to add on any other brands but when you start selling in stores and i think we're in like uh 30 to forty thousand stores now you need to establish more of a brand they call it like a brand block so you want you don't just want one bag on the shelf you want you want a whole shelf you know what i'm saying so yeah so to get more, yeah, so to get more, you have to like put more products out there and different types of products. So you have more of a more more shop space. So, so yeah. people won't miss it. It's all about that's, it's like that's a different world for me. I'm the e-commerce guy. I understand right. the e-commerce stuff. The, the grocery world is a little bit there. You're selling to one customer. When you're selling online, you're selling to uh, a community, which I'm much more comfortable with. Right. Right. <clears throat> Let's talk to that for a second. I, you know, you've said over the years that uh this is a community-built brand. Uh, and, and I know that the, yeah, the, the diehards... Like, you know, I've always thought of you guys as like the, the Harley-Davidson of coffee. Like you got people getting Death Wish tattoos. Like I'll be driving through some town and I'll see a Death Wish bumper sticker on an old beat-up car with a surfboard on top. You know, and I'll take a picture of it. Like you've got this, this uh, cult following almost that's been very loyal to the brand. And, and how much of that was like intentional and how much of it was like, wow, where did these people come from? Like, talk me through that a little bit. I don't, you're probably not going to be surprised by this, but maybe I've kind of followed what you do, Jim, in terms of like building building a community. You know, you surround yourself on, on, on my team with good with good people. So I got all good, I had all good people on my team. I still do. And I reinforce how important our, our clients and customers are and everyone in our community. And I encourage everyone to, hey, if, Somebody calls, pick up the phone. You know, let's you know talk to them. Let's get out there and in, in, into the community and meet and meet our customers and and hear hear what they want to say. So I don't know. I kind of feel like just being uh, following what you've been doing, you know, since I started following you um, way early on. Maybe it just almost came like natural, just watching how you dealt with uh, deal and and interact with your community. It, it, I, I feel like I tried to do something similar, and a yeah, lot of it's it, just. A lot of it's just picking up the phone when they call and and being able to, you know, be an ear, being and listen to them and and hopefully give them what they're asking for if 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 it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I never connected those dots. I love that answer because I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. That's really cool. But there, I do see the overlap, uh, and I do think there's an opportunity there for us as you know e-commerce business building warriors that's the primary people listening to this show right they're trying to build businesses using the internet creatively that's been our tagline forever it's 
if you can somehow build a culture around what you do in a community or tap into a community, you know, and a lot of the people listening to this are selling products to strangers on Amazon. And that's awesome. That's a great way to start. That's where we love to start people out. But the opportunity to expand your network, to get to know, to connect with people, to build a community, you know, the Facebook group that supports this podcast, we just passed 74,000 members in there, Mike. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're in there from time wow, to time. I've seen awesome. you around. Yeah, but it's just, you know, that it's like, a, it becomes like family to many people. We do our live events that we get together. People make their own shirts for the event, which I don't like selling t-shirts, man. I never have. I've resisted that. Like, I don't want a room full of people wearing the same shirt. That's not the vibe I like. <laughs> No, warriors, warriors, man. (laughs) We all need to be coming in. We should all be the one who wants to be on stage, man. We should all be the one that feels like we're different and we've got something big to offer the world, right? I don't want a room full of people wearing the same t-shirt. But people do feel that (laughs) buy-in, you know? They just, that camaraderie. And yeah, I I love, uh, I love your comment there. Just if you serve well, if you care, it's going to show. It's going to reflect. And and people want to belong to something that resonates with them. Uh, that's good, man. That's a that's a really good insight. That um, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the the power of email marketing too, because one of my favorite texts I ever got from you. I've gotten a few real winners over the years, man, from you just kind of checking in and let me know what's up. But one of the favorite times I ever heard from you, I can't remember if it was an email or text, but uh, was several months after. We probably need to tell the Super Bowl story, but several months after that, you ran an email blast. And you did better with an email blast than you'd done when you had a commercial on the Super Bowl, <laughs> which yeah, crazy, right? And you couldn't wait to tell me about it. I love that. You know, so let's let's tell that story. Fill in the gaps, man. You you tell the story. I'll uh, tack on. Do you want me to start from uh, from the winning the Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, just you know how that came about. Like you know, I, I don't know how many times you've told it. If you're sick of telling that story, but I think people will really uh-huh. enjoy it. I'm not sick of telling it. It's, it's one of my highlights. It only happened once. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I, in 2015, I entered. Was it 2015? Yeah, 2015, I entered a competition through with Intuit QuickBooks. So a company makes QuickBooks. I'm sure a lot of people use that product. It's great. <laughs> they, uh, you guys, yeah, they had, they had a competition where they would pick one small business to represent all the small businesses in the Super Bowl with a Super Bowl commercial. So I entered the competition. They had held it the year before in a, in a company called Goldie Blocks won, and they made like logos for girls. Oh, I, I didn't know that story. part of the story at all. I had never heard that. Okay, I didn't know they did it twice. Yeah, they did it twice. Um, the, the second year, I think 5,000 brands, small businesses entered. And from day one, I told my team, this is all we're going to do this year. <laughs> we're just going to try to win this. Win this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, very adamant that we're going to win it. And every day I went in and I was very consistent for about six months telling, we just need to drive as many people as we can to our voting link because it was similar to like an American Idol contest where you'd have to drive people to a certain link and, and get, get votes or and people could vote more than one time. I think once a day or something. Right. And, and, and the, the CES community really helped us through all that. Well, I you set, set up a website. For we us still have website. It. I think it's still set up. Pickmikebrown.com is the website that kind of tells this story. And that we were using that site to encourage people to vote, right? So we set that. That was kind of our gift to you. Like, hey, man, let's make awesome. this thing happen. And uh, people just from the community, yeah, from from basically the listeners to this podcast, the equivalent now, the readers of the book and the people on our mailing list and people who've been to the event and met you, our, our live conference. Because we've done our conferences 12 years in a row now, which in the industry is unheard of, man. There's no other e-commerce conference that's met 12 years in a row. So at that point, we were, what, wow. you know, four or five years into the 12 years. <laughs> and you, so people got to meet you and kind of jump on board. They knew who you were. Yeah, that was cool. Anyways, so we, we did end up like uh, making the top 10. And then once we made the top 10, like the team, my Death Wish team, there's only, I think, 11 of us at the time. They finally thought it wasn't full of They're like, oh, we really have a chance to win this thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, they didn't believe till you were in the top 10? I mean, I, I mean, I was very, I talked about it every day, yes. But yeah. no, they, I was, I was getting some. Behind the scenes, I think I was getting some like, why is Mike making us work on this every day? But right. I'll tell you what, because because we were so focused on just doing 
we were very aligned that year and all of us were focused on doing basically just that get as many just that what we were talking about rocks earlier but yeah that one big rock and that's all we we're focused on pushing mm-hmm. and even though that's pretty much all we we're doing because we we're so aligned and moving in the, in the same direction every part of our business did better that year every part like our sales even if we didn't hadn't won the super Bowl commercial i think we still almost doubled or tripled business uh the, the year prior tripled revenue, uh, doubled or tripled revenue. I can't remember, but it was, it was a significant year just because we were focused, all focused on letting as many people as we could find know about the brand. Yeah, exactly. We have all pushing in the same direction. That synergy effect kicked in, right? Two plus yeah. two equals six suddenly. Like how'd that happen? Well, it's synergy, man. We're, we're all pushing in the same direction. And uh, yeah, had you, even had you not won, that's a great perspective it would have been a tremendous experience. I know at the point you guys got into the top 10, I think is when the the publicity really kind of kicked in because then Intuit had a website and they were talking about it and everybody was picking who's your favorite of the 10, right? Uh, and that, yeah. it's, it's at that point, I think where you know, a lot of us really started kind of believing like, okay, this isn't a shot in the dark. Like this could really happen. After that, didn't they, they reduce it down to, was it three? Yeah, they re- released them to the top three. I believe it was late November, early December. And then in mid-December, they announced that that we won. And wow, that was that was the day that it changed my life, for sure. Because that was, I don't know, I, yeah. I don't cry often. I cried that day. <laughs> I had a, 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 my whole team and I, we all, like, we all cried together. Because imagine putting your, you put it on the line for all, all year long. And basically just, that's all you do when you, find, you actually achieved what your your big goal was. So that was, that was nuts. And then from the mid-December through February 7th, it was, all right, now we need to make sure our website doesn't crash. Right. We need to make sure we have enough inventory. We need to make sure, oh, there's so many things. I had, so, I, had, I had lists upon lists, and I had a lot of redundancy in terms of worst-case scenario, probable scenario, best-case scenario, mm-hmm. and checking all those boxes to make sure that when the commercial goes live, we basically capitalize on it, maximize as good the opportunity. As, right. That's, yeah, that's what I'm trying and to And I know one of the things that you that, that was a big focus was let's capture email addresses because I've seen big spikes of exposure happen. You know, I I know I could rattle off the names of authors, best selling authors with incredible books, and you think, okay, that guy made millions, right? Like he made a lot of money of it, or no, <laughs> he didn't make anything ultimately, right? Because there was no call to action, there was no e-commerce um connection you know there was no uh capture of the contact information is what i'm trying to say specifically email right so i know that's something that you guys focused on like if, if we're going to drive a ton of traffic to our website and by the way this was free you know it was completely free what what did intuit pay for that commercial do you remember it was i know it was millions for that spot in the commercial yeah i believe that intuit paid upwards of seven million dollars for that commercial for the for the airtime and for the production, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, airtime right. and production. And you I got to go to the production. I got to do the filming of it. They they built a giant Viking ship in a yes. warehouse within a weekend. They had a crew of like a hundred, maybe two hundred people. Yeah. And this is over in you're in the Czech Republic. Right. Who was out over there? And we had these giant water cannons, these giant blue screens. It was the per, the, I, man, the amount I, of I've seen it 150 times, and I get chills every time from time to time. I'll just pull up. It's it is a great commercial, dude. They killed it, and yeah, it, you can fun. you know, get on YouTube. You can Google it. It's all over the place. A Death Wish Super Bowl commercial, and you'll see it. When they played it, what it was in the it was Peyton Manning's last game with Denver, right? And uh, in the Super Bowl, and it was a third quarter, if I believe, right? And I was actually yes. with a group of people, and I said, hey, one of the guys, I know, he's going to have a commercial, and he's getting to be the third quarter. I'm like, where's this thing at? They're like, yeah, right, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> they finally showed it. I was like, yeah, that was it. Oh, yeah. So, w- w- yeah, so when we were, we actually were watching together, we set up like a war room with all our computers up to make sure the website wasn't down. We're watching, we're tracking, and we got a shop, we use Shopify, so we're tra- tracking the back end of Shopify, see how many people are hitting the, hitting the website and it gets up over 120,000 people live at once on the site. And I'd never heard that number. That's nuts. It was nuts. And it didn't crash. That was our big, like, yeah. oh, please don't sure. crash. Please don't crash. We, yeah. we called Shopify weeks ahead of time to make sure that it wouldn't crash. Right. And they said they were going to put us on the Kanye plan. 
I didn't know what the Kanye plan was then. I still don't really know what it is. Apparently, when, when it Kanye sounds like a big things, deal, though. <laughs> it sounded big. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I have to tell you about a coaching program that's been around for about 19 years. It's coached almost 10,000 e-commerce business building warriors. It's got a team of about 60 coaches who are not only great teachers with tremendous hearts who love their students, but they're all succeeding at the business strategies that you hear taught on this show. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking about our coaching program. There's a link at silentgym.com. Get over there, get on our schedule, have a free consultation, zero pressure. We're going to help you build your business on that call. Sign up at silentgym.com free consultation. See if our coaching program is a good fit for you, where you get to not only work one-on-one with one of our tremendous coaches, not only do you get that, you also get a reactive coach that you can contact at any point in time. That's a separate coach. You get all the training and content that we provide around here at no cost now and into the future. Tremendous list of benefits. I'm not going to go into all of them right now. Silentgym.com click on the coaching link, sign up for a consultation. Hey, let's get back to the program. I'd never heard that number. That's nuts. It was nuts. And it didn't crash. That was our big like, yeah. please don't crash. Please don't crash. We, yeah. we called Shopify weeks ahead of time to make sure that it wouldn't crash. Right. And they said they were going to put us on the Kanye plan. And I didn't know what the <laughs> Kanye plan was then. I still don't really know what it is. Apparently, when, when it Kanye sounds like a big things, deal, though. <laughs> it sounded big. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it went, it went, actually went, everything went really well. Sometimes people ask me, what, you know, what was the biggest learning point or where was your biggest point of failure or your big, what, what happened that you didn't expect? And I was like, man, it just, it really ran, it almost ran too smooth. You know what I mean? Nothing went wrong. You know, we, we didn't have too much inventory, but we had enough. You know, everything went out, our, our fulfillment center, uh, shout out to NFS and Philly. They, had all the orders out within two days mm-hmm. and we had you know, great reviews captured all those email addresses. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, we had, we had a nice opt-in. Uh, we also had, we also set up our website. So when people went to deathwishcoffee.com, it was, you didn't have to click around in the site. It was right on the purchase page. You just had to enter your information. You got a bag sent to your house. So there was no extra clicks anywhere. It was exactly. Just, a very clean, simple one pager, right. Which is all you'd probably yeah. ever seen. You know, that's all I ever really use to this day. I've got a bunch of one-page websites, man. But if I'm building, yeah. if I can't say what I need to say within a very short period of time, it's a too it's too complex of a website. You know, you mm-hmm. get in, get out, chum. You know, you don't want to have a thousand options. It's, it's overwhelming. People don't have time for that, right? But then after, yeah, after we got all those email addresses, and you know, we it was like the the best publicity ever. We're at a point where it's like, okay, now we can't. We can't let all our new customers down. You now let's let's follow up and try to add more value on top of you know what they already what they already got and and remind them that we still exist and and that's what I, that's what I tell the Death Wish team today still about business. You know, business is, is real simple. You just introduce yourself to as many people as possible and you provide them with some piece of value. And then at, when the time's right, you make an ask. You know, hey, maybe can you do this for me? It's like the simplest three-step process. Profound. You've got to write a book, man. That's so good. I mean, because people get caught in the muddiness and the murkiness and they think business is complex. It's not. Provide value. You know, build a list of people that know, like, and trust you. Give something away for free or something of value, you know. Like that, and you started that way. I mean, that's how you, you know, we, we breezed yeah. through that part of your story, but you you reached out to several influencers and bloggers and people with YouTube channels talking about coffee and things like, Hey, here's my stuff. Just wanted to put it, in, put it in front of you. It's one of the ideas, right? That, that we call it the uh, gatekeeper strategy in the book. I yeah. Just find the gatekeepers, the people who have the audience you wish you had serve them. Well, earn the opportunity to serve their audience. Now you got a group of people that know, like, and trust you start having those conversations, serve them well. Yeah. It's that simple. It, it gets overcomplicated, but it really is that simple. Yeah. And but we don't hit our numbers out of death wish. I'm always like, all right, did we not introduce ourselves to enough new people? Mm-hmm. Did we not provide our current audience with enough value? And did we not make enough asks? And the way everything's all digitalized right now, it's it's really easy to see those things. You know what I mean? It's really it's like the data pops out of you. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and it's yeah. right there. It's all number driven too. You can see it. Yeah. So how many email addresses yeah. did you guys get? The Super Bowl spike. And you know, had you not been collecting email addresses at that point, it would have been a spike, a legendary spike, a story worth telling, but it would have tapered. But you captured email addresses, right? So that gets us to the point of the story. It's one of my favorite texts or emails I've ever received from you. You're like, dude, okay, here we are. I think it was like three or four months after the Super Bowl's over. You know, the, the publicity's died down arguably quite a, you know, considerably. And you had a better than Super Bowl day. If yeah, I, recall. I, I wish I remember what we, what our release was that, but it was just an email. Maybe we were releasing a new mug or new product, but, but we had noticed that over the years, you know, the holidays would come and we'd, we'd peak and then, you know, February would hit and we'd start to go back down, but we'd, we'd always be a little bit better than, than where, you know, our normal was. And then the holidays would come the next year, we'd peak and then we'd go down, but we'd always be, the come down was never the full come down. We'd always maintain quite a few, quite a few regular customers. And I think maybe that's the beauty of consumables and, and products that you can, can offer on a subscription basis that people want to, you know, buy more than once. You know what I mean? So yeah, maybe that that was a reason, you know, it's been maybe years some ago. people's everyday coffee. Yeah. But just the, you know, the, the point that I, I want to make sure people understand is, you know, if you've got an email list, if you've built your own brand, now not everyone can start there. It's, it's hard. It's not easy necessarily. And we like to start people off on lower risk models, but you can get to the point where you're building a brand, building a community. Maybe that community is just people that you're helping. And I'm not talking to you, Mike, I'm talking more to the listener, but this people that you're helping to take this similar journey or coaching or consulting, or in many cases, we've got people helping brands get on Amazon and succeed on Amazon, build a community of people, community of brands. When I say community, it doesn't have to be thousands of people. I talked to someone yesterday, I uh, actually interviewed them for the podcast and in under a year, they had enough clients that they were doing $70,000 of revenue per month helping brands get on Amazon with minimal Amazon experience, just helping other brands navigate. Because as you know, I mean, as much as you know, Amazon, you've been a top 10 grocery item. You know the platform. There's still things that you're like pulling your hair out over vendor central versus yeah. seller central. And you know the, the rule changes and the laws and the, the new programs, you've got to have someone that understands it to truly tap into it. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're still kind of playing that role on your team, aren't you? I dabble. They, they'll ask me things every once in a while. Now, now I work with, and I'm a part owner of another business as well. And I, I, I manage their Amazon side. So I have, I love Amazon, I, but you're right. I'm, I still go back and, and I take the um, Amazon university classes. I, I'll start from the beginning again. Sometimes if I'm like, ah, things have changed a little bit. I need to go back to the basics. And that's honestly, that's, when people on my team used to get offended when I would tell them, hey guys, I know you're trying to do something really sophisticated and crazy. Let's just, why don't you just take this introductory course? <laughs> it's it's start. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple. This it, is where, you guys would have, this is where the low hanging fruit is. Love the the proven brand building, our proven, proven branded bundles, I should say. Those are both courses, by the way, but proven branded bundles just for the branding strategy, the keyword branding strategy, some stuff that we've discovered since you and I last connected on this topic. I think you, you and your team would probably benefit from going through that. We've got a great coach on our team and Nate, who you know well, they they put yeah. that content together and uh, yeah, proven branded. I'll brand. do that. It's one of the modules inside the proven Amazon course. I think you'd have some fun going through that because there's some things we're discovering and uh, strategies. We're, we're helping a lot of people put together. That's one of the opportunities that all brands have. You know, Deathwish included, this cooler company that you're consulting with, is to get creative with the keywords you can use that become available to you if you create bundles with other popular keywords, right? Like what goes well with coffee? Like maybe it's another brand that's doing really well and you create a partnership. Yeah, that's a great right? And you both do extremely well, right? So who has products yeah. that kind of complement yours and this, uh, this partnership opportunities. And, but a lot of us, even as like, you know, smaller Amazon sellers tap into that by creating bundles with brands that will let us do it. Like I interviewed here, uh, a, a few weeks ago on the show, Mike, uh, a lady, her name's Kim, who she was featured at the Amazon accelerate event, which you would love, by the way, you should go next year. It's out in Seattle. Amazon hosts an event. And one of the three featured sellers they had on stage was a lady who puts together gift baskets of branded snacks. None of it's hers. She doesn't have a brand, except she's branded the baskets. 
and that's her brand, right? But it's that's great. brand name yeah. snacks, and and she's got special needs adults, just you know our kind of people, man, putting good people to work that have other few other legitimate opportunities. One of the members on her team is completely legally blind, for example. Very few job prospects, but he's just a diligent worker, killing it, doing a great job with her. And they're doing, they got a seven figure business on Amazon. And uh, it was cool. Amazon gave them a grant while they were out there uh, on stage in front of 2,500 other sellers. It was pretty cool, pretty big deal. I got to interview for interview her for the podcast here not too long ago. But just, you know, the, awesome. the branded bundle <laughs> concept, you know, it opens up new ASINs, opens up new markets for you on the Amazon platform. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, something for you guys idea. to consider. Well, I, I love the story, man. I love the the progression. How big's your email list? Are you allowed to say approximately? Have or a death wish? Yeah. A death wish. Probably pushing like 300,000. I'm not 100% sure at this point. Yeah. But it's still, I, I always call it our most valuable asset, you know, our most valuable asset mm-hmm. because it's, you know, we, I feel like we've done it right over 10 years and we built it up and it's not a, it's not a, a list that you know we have great open rates hardly any unsubscribes not that many bounces and not that many spam complaints you know what i mean so it's yeah there was i feel like it was built the right way early on we never bought any lists or did anything right weird to get like, penalized yeah um, a lot of people that saw you on the super bowl and went those guys are cool <laughs> yeah. bought a bag got on your list and there they still are buying mugs and other accessories now and I, I'm on the, yeah. I've stayed on the mailing list. You guys have done a great job with it over the years. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I wish I played a, I don't play as big a role in it anymore, but I mean, as you know, but I'll tell the community as well. I, I did in 2020, 2021, I did sell the majority of the business to another group. I'm still the largest single holder of you know, the largest single owner, but control is now held by another group. So I'm on the board now, not in the day to day. Um, so even though I follow the progress, the numbers very closely, yeah. every like I, I'm not in the weeds like I used to be. And what I mean in the weeds, I mean like I used to like I was into everything. The back of Amazon, the back of NetSuite, the back. You know, I'm like I'm I was paying every single bill that went out the door, looking at every dollar that went and went out. And that was I loved it, but it was it did get a little exhausting after a while. Yeah, you can only do that um, for so long, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. 10 years is a good rip <laughs> yep, for sure. So now I don't look at every single thing that happens, but I'm, I'm still very much involved and, you know, I'm at the office. I'd say, yeah, not as much as I should be right now. Maybe every week or every two weeks. <laughs> right. Well, you know, one of the things I'd like to hear from you, Mike, uh, is, is we, you know, we've had a great interview and it's good getting caught up with you. And some people have never heard this story. They're going to be very inspired by it, but you know, talk to the community a little bit when, and as you're thinking about what you might want to share with the listeners here, you know, people, everyone from people who are just starting off brand new to e-commerce, have no clue up to some people running decent sized businesses and wondering, okay, what's next? Should I launch my own brand? Just whatever, speak from the heart, no pressure. But I just want to let everyone know that um, last year you weren't at our event. Our, we have an annual event. You might be able to make it last year, but you're going to come. The plan is you're going to come May of 2024. That's the proven conference for details on that. Uh, but we showed a little video, a little update, and that just really resonated with people. You know, you gave you gave everyone a few tips. I've actually had a few people talk on the podcast about that little short clip you made and how it changed the way they approached the event. Because one of the, the tips you said is, hey, you're going to get a lot of information. Grab one or two or three things and just say, I'm going to do these. Focus, like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make this happen. Otherwise, you're just going to kind of drift around and not get things done. I thought that was a great tip. It's one of the things you put in your message. I don't know if you even remember that or not, but it was powerful. Oh, I do remember it. Yeah. I mean, I remember it from, I remember saying it on the video, but also remember sitting, you know, sitting at, I think, I don't know how many events I went to in a row of yours, but, and then, well, maybe it was the first year I came home with like a four or five pages filled with like, I got to do all this. And then the next year is like, all right, I need to like trim this down because yeah, once you get back behind your desk at work or, you know, or back, back at home, it's like life, life is still there and it didn't stop, you know, and pause for you. So you got to, you got to, you got to catch up on everything that, that you missed. And then it's like, Oh, all these great ideas are sitting here that were going to be game changers for your business. And all of a sudden you're putting out fires. So it's like, you just got to pick a couple, pick a couple things and make them a priority. Yeah. Just plan going in. 
Yeah, I think that's what makes for a great event is you just get those handful of things like, okay, I'm going to do these. I'm going to put the rest on the back burner. You've got those files. I've written them down. I'll revisit them someday, but I'm going to commit to these. And relationships, conversations, people you can reach out to. One of the things I've been encouraging people at the event is, the, I call it the, the two-word question that you got to ask it as many times as you can while you're at the event. Have you heard me talk about this? I think you'll like it. I like, don't think so. It's the two-word question. Anytime you're at any event that's business-related, okay, which that those are that's a rare breed. Those are special people, man. People who are doing business the right way with good hearts, good-hearted people coming in, gathering together. You want to be walking around all day saying, how's business? And then letting the other person talk. And then they ask you, like, what challenges <laughs> are you facing? What are you working on? How can I help? What I know someone that can fix that. Like you did this for me just a few weeks ago. And we were already up and rocking. You know, there's a supplier. I was like, hey, do you have any chance to know someone who could do this for me? And you're like, yeah, call this guy. I'm like, hey, Mike told me to call you. He's like, yeah, sure. A couple of days later, we've already got our samples on in hand, man. Like, boom, this guy's good. Like oh, you nice. said, he's right? good. He's yeah, good. he's great. So, <laughs> you know, but, but it's those connections. What are you working on? How can I help? How's business? Right. Uh, and That's so awesome. if, you, yeah. if you go to the events with that, with that mindset and that goal, I'm going to take home two or three must-do things, and I'm going to talk to as many people as I can, just ask them how their business is doing, help them if they need help. They're going to help me if I'm the one that can benefit from their connections. And it makes for a powerful time. And then one of the lessons I think that I want everyone to walk away from is there's no reason we have to wait till we're gathered together to do that. You know, you and I meet on a regular basis and have good conversations. Like, that's good for, that's good. That's healthy. We need to do that. If you're doing it in isolation or you're stuck in a rut routine, that's not the way business is supposed to happen, man. You need people. But here I am giving tips, man. I wanted to hear from you. I was just highlighting some of the things that you emphasized, you know, in that video and some of the things that I think the community's learned from you already. But was there anything else in mind as you, know, if, as you speak from the heart to the group uh, and, and looking forward to seeing you in May, of course, but. I guess what I would say is, but I say, I say it over, I say, I say it very often. And I think you even asked me this not a few longer. You're like, Mike, I don't even know what you're like. I don't even know what you're like really good at. Like, what's your talent? And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what it is, Jim. I follow directions well. I, <laughs> I did that in the video. <laughs> I, yeah, I follow directions well. When, when someone who's, you know, is speaking the truth, he's not full of shit, and he's telling you, hey, do this and it's going to change your life. I'm pretty good at not doubting that person and putting a little bit of faith in them and giving it a, you know, giving it a go. And it's worked out for me. Um, so, I, I think also that's, that's a more, yeah, that's a great talent. I guess. And one of the things I think also that kind of helps me is I, I was, I don't know if I'm good at it now, but early on, I was good at not getting in my own way. You know, I was able to like, stop doing like, I would say, I didn't go out to the bars with my friends like during my twenties, uh, you know, I stopped that for late twenties. I stopped, I don't know. I just stopped like a bunch of like things in my life that were like, yeah, it's kind of like taking, you know, I stopped watching a lot of TV. Self-sabotage. So I, I, I got out of my own way for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It takes some discipline. Anything worth having takes work, commitment, sacrifice. I say blood, sweat, tears, right? So the, the sooner you can commit to that and recognize that and know that, that this is, there's a reason we call everyone business building warriors when they commit to the process. You don't, I, what I've been saying, I don't know if you've ever heard me say this before, Mike, but Forrest Gump, it's a great movie, but it's total fiction. Nobody stumbles into big wins like then one day yeah. the most famous ping pong player in the world like no the most famous ping pong player in the world's probably been playing since they were two 10 hours a day right like that's how you get there <laughs> right you don't just pick up the paddle one day and be right? like that's not how things work it takes commitment it that's takes true. time if you're going to build something significant there's going to be sacrifices and uh, like you said, you're going to have to get out of your own way. You're going to have to drop some of those habits. Netflix, sorry, got to go, buddy. I'm going to commit to this now. Um, and, and we live in a world of instant gratification and you know, uh, people want to push a button and get results. Like, no, things worth having take time. Take blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice, commitment. Okay. And you've recognized you, yeah. something inside of you. from 2010, 2010 to 2016. I got that Super Bowl commercial. So that was six years like, with my nose down, you know, that, that struggling, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it was at that point where I actually, you know, that was the tipping point. So, right. I mean, people do it quicker than that, but. Sometimes. sometimes I also, I'm a slow, a slow learner and I work slow. <laughs> yeah. But you committed to the process and, um, and you made something beautiful happen. And, 
you're a great friend of this community. You've, you've inspired more people than you even realize with a lot of the stuff that you've shared. And we reference your story often. And uh, I'm just excited that you and whoever you want to bring from your crew and your new cooler guys, man, bring them all. Let's, uh, wow, let's they're great guys. Orlando. I can't wait to, for you to beat them. Also, yeah, they're, pro- they're tall. They might be as tall as you, maybe taller than you. Are they basketball guys? Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, we played ball last year. We had a great time. We had a good group go play some ball, man. Yeah. So uh, that's great, man. If they're basketball players, it'll be even better. We'll have, uh, we'll probably do yeah. it one of the nights, get out and <laughs> scoop up with those guys, man. Well, anything else on your mind, Mike? I think this is a great episode. I always love hanging out with you, buddy, and we could probably go forever here to just chatting. But anything else on your mind as you start to wrap this one up for the for the listeners or any other thoughts? Um, there's some great, I'm grateful for you, Jim. I'm grateful that, you know, you entered my life 12 years ago now. And I, I, I credit you probably the biggest part of getting me on this journey and it turned my life around. So thank you. And, and the community is always there and they've always been helpful. And the relationships that I've made early on, um, with you guys and, and the masterminds we've had and, and everything that we had over the years has been, you know, it, it paid off. Yeah. No, yeah. I feel I feel the same way. Like crazy, so. <laughs> you've, you've poured a lot in. You've poured more in my life than I think you realize. Sometimes that's one of the things that's always stood out to me about you, Mike. Is you're you're very humble. You're slow to to take credit for the for the incredible achievements that uh, you fully deserve and you've worked hard for. Uh, and it's been an honor having a front row seat, man. And here's to many good years t- together to be continued. I mean, we're talking about some you know mastermind and helping others with their business. And I would say to anyone who's listening to this, if if you enjoyed hanging out with Mike and I today, you're like, man, I wouldn't mind being a part of a group that talks about business like this and bounces ideas around. Reach out, let us know. We're always open to forming new programs and masterminds and ideas like that. So let us know what's on your mind. If we, if we can serve you and work with some other serious entrepreneurs, we'd love to make that happen. We're talking about some big big ideas and big plans in the background here that we didn't cover today. So <laughs> let us know. But all right, man, it's great hanging out with you, Mike. And uh, we'll we'll talk again next week, uh, our weekly call. But you know, it's been cool putting together a podcast episode for you. We had a lot of people asking for, uh, hey, man, what's that guy's story after that short video you made for us at the last event? <laughs> so. All right, man. Good to see you. I'm looking forward to meeting everyone. Yeah. In May. In May. It's going to be awesome, dude. (laughs) All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.